Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and I'm here with Linda Carlisle on Thursday, August 10th, 2023. Here's the day's top news. In this episode, we will talk about China's slipping economy into deflation, Ukrainian forces attempting to breach the southern front line, North Korea's military shakeup and increased weapons production, the international dispute over a dilapidated ship in the South China Sea, and U.S. President Joe Biden's executive order restricting certain U.S. investments in China's sensitive technology sectors. Story number one. China's economy has slipped into deflation for the first time since late 2020, with falling producer and consumer prices and rising unemployment, as reported by The Guardian. This disappointing performance could have significant implications for countries that rely on China as their biggest trading partner, including most of East Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. Weaker-than-expected trade figures for July, including a 15% fall in exports, have already had an impact on iron ore prices and cotton imports. While the IMF still expects China's GDP to expand this year and next, a slowing Chinese economy could have both positive and negative effects on the global economy. Falling prices in China could help combat inflation and ease interest rate hikes, but a lackluster recovery from China could stifle global growth in the medium term. Chinese authorities are likely to take action to prevent a prolonged deflationary cycle, as they have already cut interest rates. However, if these efforts fail, China's surplus production capacity could be directed towards export markets, potentially squeezing out competitors in industries such as electric vehicles. Are you as worried as I am, Linda, about this news on China's economy? I mean, it's sliding into deflation, and it seems like their recovery from the pandemic is stalling. That's a big red flag, isn't it? Yes, Mark. China's economic health is a critical issue, and it can have significant global implications. As the article mentioned, China's economic performance can have a major bearing on the fate of many countries, especially those that heavily rely on it as their primary trading partner. So yes, the onset of deflation and slowing growth is indeed a cause for concern. Right. And it's not just the trading partners who should be worried. This could affect everyone from commodity traders to electric vehicle manufacturers. I mean, if China's economy slows down, it could pull the global economy in competing directions, right? Yes, a slowing Chinese economy could indeed put the global economy into a precarious position. In the short term, falling prices in China might help in the global fight against inflation and make central banks' jobs a tad easier. But on the flip side, a lackluster recovery from China could stifle global growth in the medium term, so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Hmm. And from what I understand, a lot of previous downturns saw the world looking to China as an engine of growth. But this time, with their property market in trouble and their transition to consumer-led growth limping, that driver may not be there. That's a bit alarming, don't you think? China's current situation is a departure from its historical role as a global growth engine. However, it's also important to remember that Chinese authorities are likely to take measures to stimulate their economy. As the Reserve Bank of Australia noted, China's central bank has already cut two key interest rates. So, it's a bit of a wait-and-see situation then? We gotta see if these measures manage to turn things around. Else we might see some of China's surplus production capacity shift towards export markets. That could squeeze out competitors, especially in the fast-growing electric vehicle segment. We need to keep an eye on how things unfold. A slowing Chinese economy is indeed a multi-edged sword with wide-reaching implications. It's a complex situation, and countries need to strategize their response carefully.
Story number two. According to The Guardian, Ukrainian forces have attempted to breach the southern front line by crossing the Dnipro River, which divides liberated and occupied Kherson. Russian military bloggers reported that up to seven boats carrying Ukrainian soldiers landed near the village of Kozachi Lahari and broke through Russian defensive lines. While the Russian-imposed head of the occupied part of Kherson claimed that the raid had been repelled, the Institute for the Study of War, ISW, suggested that the Ukrainian forces may have had more success than acknowledged. Satellite imagery indicated a major battle in the area. Previous attempts by Ukrainian forces to cross the Danipro River have been made, but this landing appears to be the most significant in recent months. The sustainability of the Ukrainian positions remains uncertain. How about that move by the Ukrainian forces, eh? Crossing the Dnipro River, right under the noses of the Russians. It's a classic technique, isn't it? The tactical surprise, as they call it. You know, it reminds me a bit of the German Blitzkrieg in the Second World War. Certainly, Mark. It's a bold move, and not without its risks. The element of surprise can provide a significant advantage in warfare, but only if it's executed correctly. Remember Pearl Harbor? Japan's surprise attack led the United States to enter World War II. However, in this case, it seems the Ukrainian forces were not able to sustain their positions, which is a crucial aspect of such strategies. True, Linda. And it's not just about the immediate impact of the attack, but also the ripple effects it can have on the overall conflict. When you take the enemy by surprise, you're challenging their perceived control of the situation. It can be a real game-changer, shaking up the status quo and forcing the other side to reevaluate their strategies. But it's also important to consider the potential repercussions of such a move. A surprise attack can escalate tensions and potentially lead to a greater conflict. The current situation is already volatile, and actions like these could further exacerbate it. Not to mention the potential human cost of these operations, which is always a grave concern. It's a high-stakes game, no doubt about it. While the strategic advantage might be tempting, the cost can be steep. And let's not forget, in the digital age, maintaining the element of surprise is harder than ever. Information travels fast and even the best laid plans can be leaked. That's a significant point. In today's interconnected world, secrecy is a luxury few can afford. However, it's worth noting that despite the risks, these tactics can sometimes be a necessary evil in warfare. It's a complex issue and one that I'm sure military strategists grapple with on a daily basis. Well said. It's a tough balance to strike, and it just goes to show how complicated modern warfare has become. It's not just about military might anymore, but also about strategy, timing, and yes, even a bit of luck. Story number three. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has replaced his military's top general and called for increased weapons production and military drills, as well as preparations for the possibility of war. According to Al Jazeera, Kim made these comments at a meeting of the Central Military Commission, which discussed plans for countermeasures against North Korea's enemies. The top general, chief of the general staff Pak Su-il, was dismissed and replaced by General Ri Yong-gil, a former defense minister. Kim also called for the mass production of various weapons and equipment and set a target for expanding the country's weapons production capacity. The call for increased arms production comes amid suspicions that North Korea is providing weapons to Russia for its war in Ukraine. Goodness, I tell you, there's a lot to unpack here. North Korea's military leadership changes are certainly making headlines, with Kim Jong-un replacing his top general, Pak Su-il, 
with General Ri Yong Gil. This is a huge shakeup, considering Pak had only been in the role for seven months. And it's not just the leadership change, but the timing of it too. It coincides with Kim Jong-un's call for increased weapons production and military readiness. This could hint at an escalated internal power dynamic or a reaction to external pressures. It reminds me a bit of historical instances where sudden changes in military leadership and increased militarization were often precursors to significant political events. Is history repeating itself? Only time will tell. That's a keen observation, Mark. And there's also the aspect of North Korea's alleged involvement with Russia. The U.S. suspects North Korea of providing weapons for Russia's war in Ukraine, which adds another layer of complexity to the situation. The geopolitical context is crucial here. North Korea's actions can potentially have far-reaching implications, particularly with the scheduled U.S. and South Korea military drills on the horizon, which North Korea perceives as a threat. Yes, Mark. It's important to remember that these changes aren't happening in a vacuum. They're part of a larger, interconnected global context. The international community will be watching closely to see how these shifts could impact regional dynamics and beyond. Story number four. An international dispute has arisen over a dilapidated ship that has been turned into a military outpost in the South China Sea. The ship, deliberately run aground by the Philippines in 1999, is being used to stake the country's claim in the highly disputed waters. Tensions have escalated between the Philippines, the U.S., and China, with China demanding the removal of the ship and accusing the U.S. of inciting and supporting the Philippines. The U.S., which has a mutual defense treaty with the Philippines, considers the South China Sea crucial to its national interests. China claims almost all of the South China Sea, including the area where the ship is located, though its claims were found to have no legal basis by an international tribunal in 2016. The Philippines has accused the Chinese Coast Guard of blocking its resupply missions to the ship. According to The Guardian, this international dispute has sparked concerns over the escalating tensions in the South China Sea. Did you notice how tensions are escalating over the South China Sea, Linda? The South China Sea has always been a hotbed for territorial disputes, given its strategic importance. It's almost reminiscent of the Cold War era, where we saw heightened geopolitical maneuvering, don't you think? The analogy to the Cold War era is striking, and the dynamics are quite similar, too. We have the United States and China, the two superpowers, indirectly clashing over a smaller nation's territorial claims. It's like a geopolitical chess game. Right. And let's not forget the role of the Philippines in this. They've converted a shipwreck into a military outpost, akin to planting a flag on the moon. It's a clear statement of ownership. But the game gets murky with China's refusal to acknowledge the Hague's ruling against their sweeping claims. Definitely, Mark. The disregard of international law sets a dangerous precedent. It's like a replay of other historical territorial disputes like Kashmir or Palestine, where the defiance of neutrality and international jurisdiction has led to enduring conflicts. Exactly. It's a precarious situation. One wrong move could lead to a major confrontation. The U.S., with its mutual defense treaty with the Philippines, is in a tricky position. They have to balance their national interests with the risk of a direct military confrontation. True, Mark. The role of military alliances here is undeniable. And let's not overlook the role of neutral entities or countries. Their intervention could either diffuse the situation or flame it further, depending on the stance they take. 
This geopolitical tinderbox poses a significant threat to global security. It's crucial to keep an eye on how it unfolds and how it's managed could set the course for future territorial disputes. Story number five. U.S. President Joe Biden has signed an executive order restricting certain U.S. investments in China's sensitive technology sectors, citing national security risks. The Guardian reports that the order, set to be implemented next year, focuses on semiconductors and microelectronics, quantum information technologies, and certain artificial intelligence systems. The move aims to prevent American capital and expertise from supporting China's military modernization and undermining U.S. national security. While the order may fuel tensions between the two countries, U.S. officials maintain that it is meant to address the most acute security risks and not to separate the highly interdependent economies. Could this be another sign of the escalating tech war, Linda? Joe Biden's executive order to restrict certain U.S. investments in China's sensitive technologies like semiconductors, quantum tech, and AI seems to be throwing a spanner in the works. The intention is to prevent our capital and expertise from potentially aiding China's military modernization, which makes sense from a national security perspective. But it's important to remember that this decision could have far-reaching implications. On one hand, it is a strategic move to maintain a competitive edge in technology and protect national security. On the other hand, this could potentially fuel the existing tensions between the two economies, don't you think? And you know, this reminds me of the good old Cold War. But instead of an arms race, we're now in a technology race. It's interesting, though, how this order specifically targets private equity, venture capital, and other investments. It's almost like saying, hey, you can't play in our sandbox if you're going to take your toys and give them to the other team. That's a colorful way to put it, Mark. But there's also the argument from the Chinese side. They feel this move undermines the interests of both Chinese and American companies and investors. And let's not forget, this has the potential to disrupt global industry and supply chains. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Linda. It's a tricky situation. We can't ignore the fact that these technologies could be used for military applications. But then again, we can't just cut off ties and expect things to go smoothly. There's a lot at stake here, and it's important to strike a balance. Yes. A balance is what we need. While the order's immediate impact may be on the companies involved, the ripple effects could touch every corner of the world. It's a complex issue with no easy solutions. We'll just have to wait and see how this unfolds. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.